Hello, and welcome to the Built Different Podcast with Zach Clinton. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. While there, you can join in the conversation about this show. Just search for Built Different Podcast in your internet browser. Here now is your host, Zach Clinton, on this edition of the Built Different Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to this edition of the Built Different Podcast. I'll be your host, Zach Clinton. I just wanted to say up front that my co-host, Brooke Bryan, she will be joining me for next week's episode. We just had some conflicting schedules here as she had some practice for her lacrosse team. Um, So just be praying for her and all that she's doing and in through lacrosse there at Liberty University. Go Flames! Um, But today's episode is one that I really want to Man, I'm just so excited for it because I get to interview my very best friend from the age of four years old. Um, His name is Josh Barrick. I'll get to him here in a little bit, and you'll hear that episode. But one thing I wanted to do up front as well was talk about a post that we made from our Built Different Ministry account on Instagram and Facebook, which is really talking about diving into reading more scripture with you guys and talking about the scriptures that we're reading throughout the week here up front in our podcast episodes. So our first post from Instagram and Facebook challenged you guys to read Daniel chapters 1 to 3. And the thing I want to reiterate about those chapters here for a second is that it's super easy to go in there and to read them and to see, oh my goodness, Daniel and these guys like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were so faithful and we get lost in their faithfulness. But I think it's important to remember up front as we read these chapters that scripture and the Bible passages in general that we're going to be reading, they're not about the faithfulness of man, rather they're about the faithfulness of of God and what he has done and how he's the one that steps foot into the fire and how he's the one that sees us through and out. He's the one that always is in the midst of our mess because that's who he is. He constantly shows up and it's because of his faithfulness that we can then be faithful to him, that we can then trust him even in the most difficult situations and know and truly believe that he will show up and that his power will be made perfect, even in the midst of our weakness. So I just wanted to touch on that there for a second as we really get into diving into more of these scripture passages together. But one thing I want to touch on today is Daniel chapter 3. And this is probably my favorite passage in all of scripture as it's talking about the power of relationship, specifically the power of friendship. And I think that really hones in with our episode today. Like I said, Josh and I have been friends since the time we were four years old. Um, Man, we've walked through some deep and dark valleys together, but we've also hit some mountaintop moments. But it's because we've been able to do it together that I feel like we've been able to just have so much fun and experience so many different things. And that's what's really ripened our friendship. So I think the one thing I really want to touch on here for a second is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because when King Nebuchadnezzar's there and his men build this massive idol and they ask everyone to bow down to it, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they stand firm in their faith. Let's think about that for a second. Everyone else in the entire nation is bowing down. But these dudes are like, nope, not me. We're standing together. And sometimes I ask the question, I wonder, would Shadrach 
have been able to do that by himself? Or Meshach? Or even Abednego? Could they have stood alone? See, I think this is such a beautiful depiction of what friendship and community in relationship with one another looks like because they were able to do it together. And then when they were thrown into that fiery furnace, right before, I loved their comment where they said, you know what? We have faith that God is going to show up in our lives. But even if he doesn't, that's okay. We're still not bowing. That's how strong and that's how confident these men were in their faith and in the Lord and who he is, knowing that he was going to show up. So then in the midst of the fiery furnace, what I love is that as they're in there, the guy that's looking, King Nebuchadnezzar comes and he's like, let me see my dudes roasting, right, like a marshmallow. And he looks in and says, wait a second, there's a fourth man in the fire. And that man looks like the son of God. And what I love is that it says that they weren't like crazy in the fire. They weren't freaking out. No, it says that they were walking in the fire, just whistling, having a good time, knowing that the fire was not going to burn them at all. And that's the beauty in it. Three points that I want to make out of that passage. One, God gives you friends for the fire. I don't know what dark season of life you may be going through or how hot that fire may be, but I'm telling you, God has given you relationships to press into in the midst of your darkest times, in the midst of that hottest furnace that you've ever been in. You have friends for the fire. Number two, there is a fourth man in the fire with you. When you're in that fire, you are never alone. Yes, God gave you friends, but he's also in your midst. And that's the beauty of The beauty of God is that he will show up and he wants to meet you right where you're at. But then the beauty of his love is that he loves you so much that he doesn't want to keep you there. So no matter what you're going through today, God is there and God wants your heart and God wants you to know that he's not just allowing this to happen, but he's actually experiencing all of this mess with you. And then the last thing, the last point is that the enemy has got to know your name. Right, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What I loved about that passage is that King Nebuchadnezzar, he's the enemy in this piece, right? He wants them to bow down or else they're going in the fiery furnace. And he knew their name because of their boldness in their faith to God. My question is, does Satan know your name? Does he even care to know your name? Does he even care to remember your name? Or are you just going through the motions and viewing Christianity and your walk with Christ just as a religion, right? You're not even, you don't even worry him. Or are you the type of guy that, man, Satan knows your name because you're doing something that you want to progress and advance the kingdom of God so much that all hell is going to be against you? Does he know your name? So God gives you friends for the fire. There's a fourth man in the midst of your fire. And does the enemy know your name? Guys, I cannot wait for you just to listen to this incredible conversation with my best friend, Josh Barrick. He also, he and his family run a ministry called Hope Out Loud Ministry. I challenge you guys to look it up. You can look it up at hopeoutloud.com. It's just an amazing piece built around their testimony that you're going to hear in the next couple moments, but also just trying to help lead other people to the foot of the cross and help them to understand that even in the midst of tragedy, we still serve a God that can be triumphant. 
if you let him. So guys, that interview with my best friend, Josh Barrick, will be coming up right after this short break. We'll be right back with more after this. It's no secret there's a beatdown on men. Anything that's masculine. From the radical push to feminize men, to changing the core of what it means to be a man. But God made man for a purpose and a reason. When King David was on his deathbed, passing the baton of leadership to his son Solomon, there's a lot he could have said to him. But he told his son these words, be strong and show yourself a man. You know why? Because he knew what was ahead of him. And it's because men matter, and they matter more than you know. It's time, really, it's time to rise up. Some good news is that something is stirring. Something's happening all over the country and around the world. Men everywhere from every walk of life are stepping up and they're crying out, God, I want my life to count. I want to make a difference. I want to be all that you created me to be. You may feel as if everything is lost and that this is your darkest hour, but God loves to meet you in your brokenness. He loves to use those moments to remind you of his presence and his power, to send you running back to him for hope and strength. Hear me, you're not alone. God is there for you and there is a remnant. There's an army, there's an uprising that's happening. Now is the time to show yourself a man and take it back. Order your copy of Take It Back by Dr. Tim Clinton and Max Davis at timclinton.com. Welcome back to the Built Different Podcast. Here's your host, Zach Clinton. Josh, thanks so much for joining us today. Of course, man. Thank you so much for having me as always, Z. It's an honor and a pleasure. So thank you, Zach. Man, I want to let our listeners know up front that Josh isn't just my best friend. He isn't just going to be the best man in my wedding. Mm, come on. Um, but this dude is seriously like a brother to me. That's I right. feel like we've been family since, dude, we were, what, five years old. Just little munchkins running around, <laughs> no pants on, something like that. <laughs> our mom's since trying we to corral were, us. Seriously, since just little guys, dude. And we've spent so many amazing memories together over the years. Josh, just up front. Tell us a story about one of your favorite memories that we've been able to share. Oh, man. Am I allowed to embarrass you on here? Please. No, I won't do that. I won't do that. (laughs) Let me think. My favorite memory was we were in fifth grade. Yeah. You know where I'm going with this. Yes. And I'm going to keep it brief, but we were in fifth grade and Mr. Tim Clinton, your father, came and got us out of class and we had no idea what was going on. Little did we know, boom, boom. Flash forward about four hours, we were sitting at game six. Game six. Of the World Series game, 2009. Yankees were playing the Phillies. The Phillies. And we had these tickets given to us by someone, (laughs) and we were so pumped. And they were down the first base sideline, and we're there. We're like, oh, my goodness, these tickets are awesome. We went and bought a pizza, and then we're trying to come back to our seats. (laughs) And the person... The the ticket usher looks at us and is like, hey, you're, there's, aren't your seats? We're like, no, man, you don't understand. Like, those are our seats. He's like, no, they're not. Like, you can't go back down there. And we were about to fist fight that person because Literally. we were front row down there. And he said, no, you don't understand. Those aren't them. Your seats are underneath through those green doors. In the Yankee like, Club. In the Yankee Club. We're like, green doors. And I'll <laughs> never forget, we were dressed like bums 
Mr. Tim was holding a pizza, and we walked down through because we had special tickets down to the Yankees Club where they were feeding filet mignon and lobster down there, and we were there walking in with a pizza, looking around like, oh, my goodness. And we went and had these amazing seats. We were actually underneath in the Yankees Club, four rows up, right behind, and Hideki Matsui blasted a home run. I still can't hear from that time. And and the Yankees won. We were actually there when they won. When they won it all. And you're a bandwagon Yankees fan, so you were pumped Absolutely. about that. And <laughs> <laughs> that was a blast. I mean, literally that time, that memory is forever etched in my mind and mm-hmm. wouldn't have wanted to spend it with anybody else. Yes, that was probably one of my favorite memories too. I'm glad you shared that story. It's so funny because I remember that memory like it was etched in my mind, like it was yesterday too, just getting pulled out of class. Yeah, flying out of nowhere up there we had no idea what was going no on idea and how stoked we were Pumped. when we heard we were going to the world series game and then mariana rivera closed it out i'll never forget it cano fielded the ground ball tossed it to first game over yankees win man but from the hunting trips to spending time together families cookouts oh, yeah. so many things dude i can't even me killing all the big you deer enough. you killing all the small does yeah it's been great <laughs> dude But JB, what I want to do and what we love to do here on the Build Different Podcast today is to really dive into your story personally. Obviously, I was able to live this story with you, but our listeners may not know exactly what happened to you. We've had a lot of ups, a lot of great moments, a lot of accolades, a lot of fun times in sports and whatnot. Like I was saying earlier before the podcast, we haven't played on a team, played on every single team together except for one fall when he chose football over me and baseball. Yeah, my bad. Is what it is. (laughs) But man, I tell you what, Josh, when we go back, rewinding it back to a very defining moment in your life. November 5th, 2006. JB, can you help our listeners understand what happened? Yeah, November 5th, 2006. Zach and I were actually playing in a baseball tournament, which we won. Little caveat there. That's right. (laughs) And um, we were 11 years old. And we came back to our hometown church, Thomas Road Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. And there was a choir concert. My sister was singing. Zach's sister was singing. Mm -hmm. And my grandpa was actually speaking. It was a wonderful night. Yep. To cap it off, the Colts were playing the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And if you are a Tom Brady fan listening right now out there, I will pray for you <laughs> because I'm, I'm not the biggest Tom Brady fan. I was a Peyton Manning fan. I respect yeah. Tom Brady. I was just a Peyton Manning fan, and he always beat up on the Colts growing up. That's right. It's a struggle. <laughs> and we were having a just a, a family gathering, and the Colts were going to play the Patriots. We were having everybody over to our house. And mm-hmm. about a mile away from home, everybody was waiting on us. And we didn't make it because a mile away, we were hit head on by a guy who was drinking and driving and he was going 85 miles an hour and we were going 45 and his lights were off and my father didn't even see him coming. And he literally ran over top of us. We were in a van Sienna, which sits very low to the ground. He was in a pickup truck and literally ran over top of us. And he hit us so so hard, I don't know how this happens, but his engine actually fell into the middle of the road Mm. and we were hit back into the woods and again I remind you I was 11 and I woke up and nobody else was awake Um, you know I remember screaming mom dad no answer I remember shaking Jen who was sitting next to me no answer Mm. and in that moment you know when I should have been so scared I, I understand that you know I had shock I had just adrenaline going through me but I felt such a great peace Mm. that I can't explain to you 
And that's what the Bible talks about, that peace that passes all understanding. And I know without a shadow of a doubt, even though I was 11, that it was the peace of God. Because mm. I was so calm, I almost feel bad how calm I was. Mm. And I felt that everything was going to be okay, yet nobody was alive. I thought I'd become an orphan right there. Finally, my mom comes through. My dad comes through. They, they wake up, I mean, and Jen never woke up sitting next to me. And as we're sitting there, we're looking at Jen, my mom and I began to do the only thing that we could do. And I don't know if you're listening right now and you've ever been in a moment where you have cried out to God, like mm-hmm. literally, physically. This was one of those moments where we just cried out to God and we asked God, we just said, God, we don't even know what to pray. We need you. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there, I'll shorten it up a little bit. Obviously, there's so much that goes with it. Uh, my dad should have died in the car, right. but he didn't. He had broke his foot, you know, separated his pelvis. His mm. his butt was actually ripped off of him, right. just crazy stuff. And then my mom, eight broken ribs, broken arm, broken leg, 20-plus stitches on her face. They were crushed up there in the front. Mm. And Jen, as I said, who's my sister, mm. she didn't wake up and because she was in a coma. Mm. And she was flown to UVA hospital, which was about an hour away by drive. Mm. And she was kept in the ICU there on an ice bed in a coma for five weeks Mm. with no hope of life. And that's what the earthly doctor said. And praise God that, um, that we believe in a God who is bigger than anything of this world. Mm-hmm. He is the creator of this world. Mm-hmm. And God had different plans. You know, the doctor said that Jen wouldn't walk, wouldn't talk, wouldn't read, wouldn't write. And uh, she would walk in this room today, and you would have no idea that she has an issue, other than I say she's extremely joyful. And you'd be like, why is that girl so joyful? What's going on with her? But other than that, she still has some ailments that she has to surpass with her eyes. She can't drive, but God has healed her really every step of the way. And what he did through that and through our story is just amazing. And the fact of that when Jen couldn't even walk at the time when she was still so injured and she couldn't even talk to us, she didn't even, she was very severely handicapped. She was zipped up in a bed. I think, you know, she would just moan and thrash and couldn't talk to us. There was a moment in time there where my mom's friends would stay with her and she actually started praying out loud to God. And for hours, again, she couldn't walk, she couldn't talk to us, and yet she's praying to God, and she was saying, Lord, thank you for healing me and raising me up. Thank you for just bringing me to this place and having a two-way conversation with God. And so through it all, as tragic as it is and was, you know, God really showed me at a young age just the difference between this physical world and and just our spiritual side. Jen was so broken physically, yet her spiritual side was so intact. There's nothing that Satan can do, that this world can do to you while you are here that can take the spirit of the Lord that's living inside of you. And the spirit of the Lord is never injured, handicapped, brain injured. You can put whatever adjective you want in there because it is God living inside of you. And that's what we got to see in such a real way. And so through it all, God has been faithful. And that's all we proclaim it's not about us it's all about him every time I hear your story it gives me chills because I go back to that night and just being you know 
your best friend. Like we literally were brothers and yeah. to hear that happen, I'll never forget just the trauma in a sense of, I mean, I remember going and like getting so worked up and so upset that I was th- literally throwing up. I have an easy stomach already for the listeners that don't know that. But man, it got to the point where it was, I was so worked up about it and so upset because I thought that, you know, there was no chance from what everyone was saying. Like you said, on the earthly means that there's no chance that the Barrick family lives through this. But like you said, we serve a God who delights in impossibility. And what you said, the peace that surpasses all understanding, another word in scripture is shalom, right? Which is another state of fullness or completeness. And even when we're broken, God's the one that makes us feel complete and whole. And so I love that you're mentioning that. And Josh, like you're saying, right, you were kind of unscathed in this accident. You had the broken bones, but you really witnessed the trauma. You really witnessed the grief, the loss. You're the first one to wake up. You're 11 years old as just a kid. Dude, what have you learned throughout the process of this journey? Because grief and overcoming it is a process. And to see what life was, your life was changed drastically in the snap of a finger. How have you been able to process it? as a man growing up from a young boy, and then what is kind of some encouragement that you would give to somebody who's going through a really tough season, a transition season of grief and loss, and they're just trying to really battle through adversity? Man, those are tough, tough questions. Um, You know, for me and my faith walk with the Lord through this all and through just just our relationship with God, the the more I grow, the older I get as I look back on our situation. Z, you know, I say this often, but it's all about surrender. It's all about God and not about you and getting out of the way. And sanctification is all about dying to yourself in every area of your life and reflecting more of God. And that's hard for us as humans because I was listening to something today and it's not that we have a a tendency to want to sin or that like sin is, or we want to be prideful and Mm. like, it's not like that's kind of like almost a a choice of ours. No, that's who we are. Like Mm. we are born into sin. Mm -hmm. That is who we are, Mm. you know? And we want the things of the world. We want to live on our own terms and do the things that we want to do. And so what Mm. God has shown me is, that this Christian walk is all about knowing that and then surrendering each and every day to be more like the Lord. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I've learned the most is just, you know, is when it talks about tragedies, everybody, tragedies are awful. Mm-hmm. And everybody views them in just like, oh, I can't believe that happened to you. Mm-hmm. But at such a young age, I can honestly sit here today and say I'm thankful for it. Mm. because that moment, like I just said, it's our, it's not our nature to want to surrender. It's our nature to want to hold on to our own life. And it's hard, let alone impossible for people to get outside their experiences. And so what God wants us to do is to let go. And sometimes we can't do that until we are literally run over sitting there thinking we're the only one alive and our family's dead. And so for me, God really brought me to the spot of, Josh, this, you can't, you literally can't do anything on your own at this moment other than trust in me. And from that, God has just shown me it's all about holding on. It's all about surrendering the situation. It's all about getting up each and every day and surrendering that day to him. Hmm. Because that's all we can do of saying, God, I can't get through this on my own. If you're going through something hard right now, it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. Hmm. 
He loves you so much. Have you ever thought that he may have chosen you? Mm-hmm. Jen said this. I, I watched this old video the other day, and my sister said this, and this was right when she was so injured, she didn't even know what she was saying. Yeah. And, and my mom asked her, like, is she upset at God? And she said, no, I'm thankful that God chose us knowing that we wouldn't turn our back on him mm. rather than a family who doesn't know him and will reject him forever. Mm. And I'm not saying that about us. We are as, that was profoundly of the Holy Spirit speaking through Jen. She didn't even know what she was saying, but basically the only reason we knew we weren't going to turn our back on God is because of God's spirit living inside of us and he's all that we had. Mm. So today I just want to turn it around. Have you ever thought maybe God is choosing you? Mm. You know, maybe he, he has... He has given you this task and he wants to grow you into a person that only this tragedy can bring out. And to know that instead of getting so focused in the, in the daily, which is so hard, it's so hard. It doesn't mean it's easy, but to tilt your eyes up and to look at the Lord and have internal perspective and say, wow, God, thank you because I'm so close to you now because it's all about that closeness and surrender at the end of the day. That's it. Humbling ourselves, surrendering. When we do that, all the other attributes bleed out of us the fruits of the spirit that only come by the spirit love joy peace patience kindness goodness so dude that's it's so powerful that you're saying that because i think it's really easy in the tough times and in the troubling times and when you're battling adversity your back's pressed against the wall it's like dude god i didn't deserve this right the barrack family was a family and still is in our community here in Lynchburg, Virginia, that has always been God-honoring, Christ-fearing. They've always done things in His will. Like, you guys love the Lord. You always have, right? You're churchgoers. You guys go out and preach. Like, your grandpa was actually speaking the night that you guys got in your car accident. Everybody knew that about you. And then you guys, this happens. It's like, you can get really angry with God, Mm -hmm. right? It's very easy to do something like that. But man, Talk to us for a second. How in the world were you able to get over that anger? And I'm sure there were moments that were tough, even for you and your family. But how were you able to turn it and find purpose in the midst of your pain? Yeah. My mom says all the time, your, your pain will put you face to face with somebody else in pain. Mm. And when I talk about surrender, surrender is the number one thing like I said before, but the, the first step of practically surrendering in any situation, I firmly believe, is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness mm-hmm. is so deep-rooted, even in, I mean, in the gospel. Yeah. I mean, God came, died on a cross to forgive us of our sins. Mm-hmm. The forgiveness is the only reason that we are able to be in relationship to Him mm-hmm. and one day spend eternity with Him in heaven one day. It's mm-hmm. nothing that we have done or that we deserve Mm -hmm. is forgiveness by the grace and the love that he has. Mm -hmm. And so in any situation, when you really think about it, there is always somebody that you need to forgive. Mm -hmm. I like to say you either need to forgive yourself. Mm -hmm. I struggle with that personally. Um, Whenever I mess up, it's hard for me to forgive myself. You have to forgive the others around you that hurt you. Or the hardest one, if I'm being so transparent, and don't say this lightly, but mm. you have to forgive God. Mm. The question is, God, you're you're all knowing. You're you, you know you're sovereign. You're all powerful. Mm. Um, you know why did you allow this to happen? And mm-hmm. what I had to recognize in my story was when I looked at my sister, she was using her pain 
for purpose. Mm-hmm. She was so freely. Jen has gone through it all, and all she did was praise the Lord. That's right. And I was like, how, you know, like, I just, I, I'm struggling to get to that spot. Mm. And, but I, like, you know, I went through the same thing, God, like, I want to still be used, you know? Yeah. And so that is where God said, you know, you have to surrender, you have to give it up to me, and you have to forgive. Mm. Because when you don't forgive, you're, you're really not allowing God to shine through your story. Then right. you're holding it on your own. Again, that's you grasping onto it and God mm-hmm. saying, give it to me. Give it to me. Be like, no, I'm going to hold on to this. I'm so mad. And God is waiting for you to give that up. That's right. Because it's not about you. It's about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to do that. And so it's surrender. It's forgive. It's forgiveness. And then the one thing where Jen has taught me, it's, it's flip-flopping your situation in order to your question, in order to use it, mm-hmm. we have to praise him for it. That's right. And my dad and I, the other day, you know, 10 years later, I'm going to get emotional, but, you know, dad was like, I don't think I've ever thanked God mm-hmm. for the wreck. And there's something beautiful, and it's, it's, it's a journey to get there, but when you can turn around and you can recognize that, I consider it pure joy when I face these trials, like I mm-hmm. said before, and God, not only do I not, not, not only thank you for bringing me through it, but thank you for it because it's made me who I am today. And it's allowed me to help these people around me that I wouldn't be able to otherwise. Amen. You know, Nancy Lita Moss, she says a quote that I love. She said, in any and all circumstances that I come against in my life, I have one of two options. I can either whine or I can worship. Mm -hmm. And it's impossible to worship without giving thanks. And man, I think it's exactly what you're speaking into when it talks about thanking God for, like you said earlier, choosing me to be the one to go through this battle because, man, then you're propelling me in a sense. You're giving me the opportunity, right? It's that obstacles can become your greatest opportunity. Your mess can become your message, your test, your testimony, all these different things, however you want to say it, but really viewing it with a different perspective and a different change of heart. And like you said, it all starts with forgiveness, not only forgiving God, but, man, in your situation, right, a drunk driver, a dude who made a bad choice, and literally could have killed all of you, right? So mm-hmm. there's anger toward this guy now. And my thing is this. What did it take inside of you and your family's lives to forgive this man specifically? But then also, you know, you've said in the past that forgiveness is freeing. Help mm-hmm. our listeners understand what is what does that mean? Yeah. We like to say you forgive for your own freedom. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. And, and you know, if you've been following this chain of, you know, recognizing to use your pain for purpose, you have to forgive. Mm-hmm. I'm a really practical person. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like they say that in church, go forgive, go forgive. Like, you know, and it's like, okay, how am I supposed to do that? Yeah. Right. But isn't our God so good that it's right there in the word. And, um, you know, before I get to that, the first thing that I had to do, I've heard this before and I'm going to butcher it. But when you, when you label someone something, you give yourself the opportunity to dehumanize them. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing that I had to do was stop calling the man who hit us the drunk driver mm. and start calling him by name, which I won't name, mm. because that man is a human being. And I had to recognize the older I've gotten mm. that three de- I'm three decisions away from being in his shoes. That's right. And I'm one not loving parent, one situation in this world that I can't control 
mm-hmm. of being at a bar, drowning my sorrows, getting dumped by my girlfriend, and just mm-hmm. going to the world to fill my worries. Without the Lord, that's what I would have done. Mm-hmm. Where else are you going to go without the Lord? Yeah, It's what the world tells you. Mm-hmm. So I first had to recognize that the guy who hit us has a soul and that it really wasn't his fault, that he is entrapped in, in mm-hmm. just trying to do what, what he could do. Mm-hmm. And that leads to my point where God really showed me was Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. When I was looking at Jen and Jen was using the story for God's glory and I was having hard time to do it, this verse really hit me in between the eyes and it says, get rid of all bitterness Rage and anger, brawling and slander, Mm. and every form of malice. Mm. And I stop right there because those are the attributes of an unforgiving heart. When we choose not to forgive, we spew anger, bitterness. I don't have to explain that to you who's listening right now because if you've never forgiven, you know those feelings well. And I recognize, you know, know, obviously none of us want to be a part of those words. Mm. And it says, be kind It goes on to say, be kind and compassionate, forgiving one another, just as in Christ Jesus forgave you. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things there. The The first thing that I said is those are the attributes of a unforgiving heart. Then it goes on to say that we need to forgive Mm. and treat each other with love and compassion. And then it hits you with the left hook Mm -hmm. because it's just as Christ Jesus forgave you. You know, when we recognize the gravity of our own sin and how far we actually are from the Lord, we like to point the finger a lot. Oh, yeah. Yet we're all on Pluto and God's on the sun and we're pointing the finger at like, oh, he did that wrong. He did that wrong. We're so far gone. We don't even know, Mm. but we judge and we point the finger, Mm. which is what I had to switch again, that mindset towards the guy who hit us. And I had to recognize, and once this this Christian walk is about recognizing that what God and Jesus, when he came and died for us, actually saved us from. Mm. And in light of that and what he has done for us on the cross, there is no ground for us to stand to not forgive. That's right. Because he forgives us each and every day, every single time that we genuinely ask him for his forgiveness. Mm. And so it's switching mm. your perspective. And then in light of that, then it really is saying, because we can't forgive on our own. Mm. It's, this, it's the statement of God, I, I'm giving this to you. I can't do this on my own. You have to take it. Mm. I give it up to you. Please give me the strength to be able to forgive. Mm. Please heal this in my heart. I'm all about intentional prayers, praying those intentional things of saying, Holy Spirit, you live inside of me. Please heal that wound in my heart. I, I'm giving it up to you. I can't mm. do this anymore. I don't want to hold it anymore. And that's where freedom happens, and that's where that bitterness, rage, and anger goes out the window and that love and compassion flow through Mm. and you don't even realize i mean it just happens you're like whoa because it's god it's not about you it's about him that's right it's all about him and like you said it all starts with forgiveness and destroying or getting rid of the labels i love that that's so good Mm. you had to stop calling him the drunk driver start calling him by name that's right man and viewing people empathizing with them really putting yourself in their shoes understanding we're all broken we all live yes. in a broken world. Yeah, sometimes everybody's going to get done wrong. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, and being able, though, to then recognize that and move past that. Josh, you and your family, you know, I wrote down a quote. 
shared it with you before in a previous interview, but you guys seriously remind me of the Martin Luther King Jr. quote, which reads, forgiveness is not an occasional act. It is a permanent attitude. Man, I think that's something that you guys really live by. Um, And what I want you to do here for a second for us is, man, to the person today, Josh, to kind of close this out, because we could sit here and talk all day, but to the person out there who's really struggling, man, they feel lost. They're sucking wind. Dude, they're holding on to the bitterness and the rage and the anger. And they just, they don't want to let go of it. What is your pressing word that God's placed on your heart for that person today to give them some hope, encouragement, and motivation, and to really just breathe some fight and some life back into them? Yeah. You know, this is going to sound like I'm going directly opposite of what it means to be built different, but hear me out. It's kind of um, on this idea of surrender, and it's a freeing statement of... I want you to know today that you can't do it hmm. because on your own strength, That's right. as you've been fighting it, you're fighting things that are way bigger than yourself. You're fighting your flesh. You're fighting the spiritual realm, Satan. He's real. He's alive. You're fighting all that stuff. You think you can really defeat that on your own strength? Hmm. And there's something freeing about knowing that the idea of being built different is recognizing that the only reason you're built different is because of the spirit that is living inside of you. That's right. That's right. And with that, you know that you can do it. And you know that you not only can conquer what's in front of you, but that you will. Only in Jesus' name, only by his power, you will be able to forgive. You will be able to lay that down at the cross just with your other sins that God forgives you each and every day. So what I would say right now is to recognize and for you to know that statement of, I can't do this on my own. Mm -hmm. But if you are a born-again believer, that Holy Spirit is living inside of you and knowing that that is the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. We say that, Mm -hmm. Zach, all the time, time. but I don't think we understand that. I know we don't understand that. We're all like wishing Jesus was here, seeing Jesus. That'd be amazing, obviously, him walking by us, but he lives inside of us. Mm. And the only thing that is getting in the way of your freedom, of your peace, of overflowing love, joy, is really you. Mm -hmm. And Jesus did the legwork. You don't have to do anything other than step out of the way, land on your knees each and every day, and say, God, I surrender this day to you. Mm -hmm. Flood me with your peace, your love, and joy today. Give Give me the courage and the strength to be able to forgive this person that hurt me, I can't do it on my own, mm. but I know that you can. And when you do that, there is something that supernaturally happens to your life. Mm-hmm. And that's where the Bible talks about not walking in the flesh, but walking in the spirit. Amen. You have to surrender to the spirit in order to walk in it. Mm. And that's the most freeing thing. It's then you go out and you not only go through this life, but you live this life abundantly. That's right. John ten ten. That's right. And... That's what Jesus came to bring mm-hmm. to you because he loved you so much, even when you didn't deserve it. Mm. Dude, those are such powerful, powerful words, Josh. Um, man, I love you. I'm so thankful for you. I uh, love you, bro. Let love- me do a shout out, man. Built different. Dude, you're doing it awesome. I'm not just saying you don't have to share this one since I'm on this, but go to Z's others, built different. 
man, they're awesome. Go share them. It's about getting the hope out there, the hope found in Jesus, and there's no better way to do that than through these personal stories and testimonies. And so, Z, I just want to say on here um, that I love you and that it's awesome to see what you're doing and to keep going. And I'm proud of you, man. I appreciate you. It's funny that you said the word hope for a second because what I wanted to do is I want you to share with our listeners. I was going to mention you and your family started a ministry titled Hope Out Loud. Josh, help our listeners understand where can they go to find more resources that you guys are offering, but also, you know, speaking schedule and all of that stuff. Absolutely. Man, you've gotten good at this. That was smooth. My goodness. That was a great (laughs) transition. Yes, we have a ministry that God birthed out of this, and we didn't want to hop into ministry, and somebody said you should, and we were like, heck no, we're just trying to survive. But, you know, it's really God's story and His plan, and so it's called Hope Out Loud, Ministries, you can go to hopeoutloud.com and you can go on there. And we, wherever God opens the door, churches, schools, youth groups, FCA, women's events, um, you know, even public school with drinking and driving, it doesn't matter. We go and share our story and the hope that we have in Jesus and what he has done. And so it's a, it's really a speaking and resource ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can go, there's a store on there. My sister loves to make jewelry. Yeah. My mom and Jen have written a couple books, my dad as well. And, um, and there's just resources on there to help you with your journey. Mm-hmm. We're all about saying we have a story, but we know that you have a story. We all have a story and let's use them, um, to bring people to the Lord That's right. and to be thankful for them. And, uh, so you can go on there and email us, call yes. us. Yes. We'd love to talk. Yes. Just love the one V one Z knows. Just love sitting down and talking about life. And so mm-hmm. we're all in this together. So let's let's do it together. Amen. I challenge all of our listeners, please go to their website, hopeoutloud.com. Please utilize, buy, go to listen to them, speak, use these valuable resources that Josh and his family, the Barrick family, are really offering to us to spread the hope and the light of Jesus. Josh, you have always blessed me, seriously, since the time we were five years old, man. Uh, seriously, you're one of my greatest blessings. I know you bless me today, just like you always do. And I know you bless the listener as well. So Josh, thanks so much for being on and for your time. Of course, man. The honor and pleasure was mine. Thank you. Love you, brother. Love you, bro. Man, everybody, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I'm telling you, Josh is somebody that just has such an amazing heart for the Lord. And the piece I want to touch on here for a second is, yeah, their testimony is breathtaking. Honestly, um, I was able to be a part, a very small part of it and live it. So I understand um, the power behind it. And I was able to see some of the miracles that God did when he showed up in the midst of their biggest tragedy of life and how he rung triumphant, even in and through it. But the piece I want to touch on here for a second is forgiveness. Josh touched on it a lot, and I think it was so powerful as he touched on it, was because, man, I know there's somebody out there listening today that may be going through a really tough time with someone, that may be really angry or bitter, or they're resenting something that's going on in their life, or someone that maybe has done them wrong. And the sad thing is, is that you're gripping it, you're white knuckling it so much that it is eating you alive. It's like the poison that you want to poison someone else with by holding on to it is actually poisoning you. And my thing is this. Sometimes, as hard as it is, we have to let it go. We have to open our hands. 
We have to live in that posture of forgiveness, in that posture of surrender to God and let him show up and let his work be done because forgiveness, as Josh was saying in that episode, is freeing. So I challenge anybody out there today who is white-knuckling their mess, who is holding on to it, who is holding on to some bitterness, to let it go, to surrender it to God, to give it up and surrender to him. And I know it can be scary because when you open your hands, it is then out of your control. And that can be a fearful place. But let me tell you something. The beauty of being out of control when you release it to God is that you're giving control over to the one who was always meant to be in control. So give it to him. Release it. Forgive. Guys, we love you. We appreciate you. Like I said, make sure you go check out Josh and his family's ministry at HopeOutloud.com. Once again, that is HopeOutloud.com. I love you, Josh. Thank you so much for joining us. And man, thank you guys for being a part of every single episode. We love you, and we hope to see you next time on the Built Different Podcast. Hi there. This is Jessica from the Built Different Podcast team. As a reminder, you can listen to this show on your favorite podcasting platforms, such as Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Stitcher. Whatever platform you choose, please remember to subscribe to the Built Different Podcast with Zach Clinton. Also, if you happen to catch the show on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Thanks again for tuning in to the Built Different Podcast.